0: So on my last podcast, I briefly mentioned that I wasn't expecting to hear anything kind of astonishing or mind-blowing in regards to Marvel's Hall H panel at San Diego Comic-Con. I certainly didn't expect to hear any Avenger announcements. I certainly didn't expect to hear really anything about Phase 5. So the fact that they showed us Phase 5 in its entirety and its full schedule, and they showed us a glimpse... As to what we can expect to see in phase six, as well as, of course, mapping out the the rest of phase four, which will wrap up at the end of the year, which I want to touch upon that for a second, because going into this Comic-Con, I was obviously interested. I was obviously excited, but there was a lot of chatter even surrounding some of the big Hollywood trades. Like I think Deadline reported that Marvel fans should tame their expectations on what, you know, on, on what they should you know uh expect to be announced for this year's comic-con and i think a lot of fans were really sort of holding that anticipation for d23 which i still think we should and i'll I'll talk about that in more detail later but in regards to this comic-con there was a lot of reports that there nothing crazy was going to be announced and in my personal opinion i think that marvel blew this fucking panel out of the water and i was completely wrong and i'm happy i was wrong i'm happy because i thought that you know we'll hear about projects we already know are coming and we did but there was a twist right different schedule and we actually heard about new things as well but i really thought that this is what i thought we were going to get i i i'm almost positive i was almost positive that we were going to get a black panther wakanda of forever uh, trailer i think everybody you know universally kind of knew that was going to happen i think it's a matter of time thor love and thunder is in the rear view. And it's the only film coming up for the rest of the year for Marvel. So that made sense. I think everybody kind of knew we were going to get that. Um, I thought we were going to get a trailer or some kind of announcement for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, And we did. Of course, only people at the panel were able to see that. And then I thought, you know, we'll get some kind of teaser for Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania, which there was. Once again, that's exclusive to Hall H. You know, these trailers, I'm sure you know, let's say a month and a half down the line, maybe a little bit further. We're going to get them obviously at some point, but they have to have some, they have to give some kind of uh, exclusive sort of reason for people to actually show up the Hall H. Otherwise, like what's, what's the point? I mean, you know, I say that it's obviously, it's a very exciting event. You're surrounded by other fans and stuff like that. So I, I get the, the principle beyond that. But in terms of like Fans sleeping outside, waiting outside, going through all that effort. There's got to be some kind of like incentive, like, okay, you guys waited out here for this. We will show you first, never before seen footage. And they did that, but for the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, everybody got to see that, which makes sense because the film is less than four months away. So, that we all could have expected, but that's all I really, really thought about. You know, even some She-Hulk stuff I kind of expected, maybe some secret invasion stuff, things that are in the, things that are on the horizon, things that are coming within the next year or two, but Marvel, they, I, I don't know why I doubted them because think about it. This was the first panel that they have done since before the pandemic. That's a big deal. That's a very, very big deal. So I don't know why I doubted that they were going to sort of, you know, uh, hold back on us a little bit. And they didn't show us everything, right? For example, when we saw that phase six slate, there were still, I got the number here on my my paperwork here, my show notes. They left out, um, let me find it here. Yeah, there were eight other dates that were left in phase six. So there was dates like they were on the schedule, but they didn't get revealed. I think they'll reveal maybe not all of those because then we're going to know Marvel's entire plans for the next five to six years. But I think we're going to know at least maybe four out of the eight of those dates. So we'll probably know half of those. So there's still a lot of really cool things that we're probably going to hear from D23. But make no mistake, Marvel blew this fucking panel out of the water. And I'm going to address... The biggest announcement, all you know, out of all of this, the thing that r- most people really care about, including me, this is the thing that I am the most excited for. Of course, is Avengers: The Kang Dynasty and Avengers: Secret Wars. Now, prior to that, a couple days ago, it kind of flew under the radar, but people found out that Marvel officially trad- trademarked uh, these three names: Avengers: The King Dynasty, Avengers: Secret Wars. In the Multiverse Saga. Now, some people kind of speculated: Is the Multiverse Saga a movie? No, it's just sort of like the umbrella that's that's going to encapsulate these three phases, similar to what we saw with the Infinity Saga that encapsulated phases one, one through three. So that was the Infinity Saga. Phases four, five, and six will be the Multiverse Saga. That makes sense. I don't. It'd be kind of strange to call a movie the Multiverse Saga, because Saga kind of refers to sort of multiple layers, I guess, but. So that was already in and of itself a tease. And some people didn't really take that serious, but that turned out to be the official titles of these films. So I'm going to talk about the multiverse stuff and Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, the thing that everybody cares about. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. I'm going to get sort of start from the top, start from like the smaller things like, you know, She-Hulk, work my way up. We'll go to, to, to Black Panther, Wakanda forever. We're going to cover everything that Marvel covered. And I'm going to give you my thoughts and share my excitement and the things that I could potentially see getting announced for D23. Because I I think this is gonna segue nicely into that because D23 is only September. So it's about a month and a bit away. So we're very, very close, Um, but let's start here. So She-Hulk will be the final two projects in phase four. And I am very excited to hear that because like like I mentioned with the previous Marvel panel when they mapped out and they showed all the fans this you know the, the next four years of Marvel for the newest phase phase four they showed a little tease of two other films that are going to be coming Fantastic Four and Blade now they didn't give an uh, like official dates for those but but you know just them showing that. To me and I think to a lot of other people that like kind of insinuated that okay, these are going to be a part of phase four, but these are a couple years ahead of like things like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder. So I was kind of thinking like how long is phase four going to be? Because at some point, like we we do need to have some kind of ensemble. This does need to need to sort of inevitably kind of ripple to, to something, right? To some you know, it doesn't have to be Avengers, but I think Avengers kind of makes the most sense. It's the most lucrative franchise in all of Hollywood, right? So I was thinking like, how long, how long is this phase going to be, right? Is it going to last till 2025? Is it going to be literally half of this decade? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're wrapping up, right? We're, we're, we're concluding. And I think fans that have been wondering, what is the direction? I think all of those questions aren't still aren't fully answered yet because we know where they're going. But we still haven't seen the actual narrative play out. But at least for those, that was never an issue for me. I never once complained that there was no direction because we were looking at an unfinished story, right? These films all kind of flow in a sort of cyclical way within each other, right? Maybe some more than others, like some have more of an impact over other MCU films. But through and through, each of these MCU films, they do play through each other. Right. There th- these narratives are intertwined and one, it's like a ripple effect. One of these, one of these films is like a cascade that will branch off to these other films and these other narratives. They will impact them in some in some way, shape, or form. That's why they're saying that Ant-Man of the Was Quantum Media is gonna take a hard left turn from where the two previous Ant-Man films were, and they're going to really sort of kind of give fans a tease as to like, okay, this is what's happening for the rest of this phase. And this is where we're going. And I think a lot of that's going to have to do with King the Conqueror, but we'll get into that in more detail. But with phase four, now that we're nearing its end, I think that this phase was very interesting and I I enjoyed it more than others. Now, sure, there wasn't some head honcho of the MCU, but you have to understand that this was dealing with the aftermath of endgame, the repercussions of everything that happened to the world, right? And it, it it sort of was able to be the sort of plot device to introduce new characters, right? And it's, it's going to forever have an impact on the MCU. And I think that's sort of the subject matter that this phase dealt with, right? It was an opportunity to introduce new characters, and it was an opportunity to continue the story of other characters we've seen like Doctor Strange, like Thor, Love, and Thunder, and I think they did a, a great job, and through this sort of, you know, navigating through life post-Endgame, they still kind of left the breadcrumbs, like in Loki, uh, like in the Loki season finale, showing he who remains, right, we all know that's Kane the Conqueror, but they were there, there were that little bit of breadcrumbs, and even in Eternals, right, I know some people, you know, to a certain degree, myself included, are wondering, okay, we know we're going with kang you we know we're going with secret wars but what are we doing with the celestials right and and i think that that is also a breadcrumb that will be answered at some point soon right they're not just going to leave that whether that's in uh, eternals 2 or whatever that will get answered and i even think at the end of shang chi with the sort of 10 rings being a beacon and sort of like a sort of broadcasting to some other location that might have something to do with what we're going to be with, that, with what we're going to be seeing in the foreseeable future so it dealt with the aftermath of endgame but I do think that it did leave some Easter eggs and it did kind of hint towards things to come in the future. And Kevin Feige even spoke about that. So, Phase 4 for me was not this sort of monstrosity of, 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 of filmmaking and storytelling across the board. Yeah, fans miss Iron Man and fans miss Captain America. But that, that's a good thing, right? Because if we didn't miss them, it's like, well, why did they you know, develop these characters for 10 years? We're supposed to miss them. That's the point. Right? Like, if we just ask for them back and they're like, ah, fuck it, the fans want them back, we'll bring them back. And in reality, they probably will bring them back at some point, likely Secret Wars, but they're going to build to that first, right? And when they do come back, it's probably just going to be for a cameo or whatnot, just to kind of honor the fans that have stuck with the MCU. Because at that point, it's going to be the MCU would have been going on for almost, I think, like 16, 17 years. So they want to give, like, you know, that will come. But. You're supposed to miss these characters, but while you're missing them, while you're sort of grieving the loss, obviously they're not real people, but they're, they're fictitious characters that we've grown. We've grown an attachment to we're supposed to be introduced to these new characters that we can then develop an attachment to and even, and even develop an attachment for characters that were sort of more in supporting roles in the previous infinity saga, like Falcon, who's now at the forefront. He's going to be one of the main Avengers. And he's, we know that he's getting his own film. Right, And he's the new Captain America. So I think Phase 4 was actually very pivotal. And I will not be surprised if in about 5 to 6 years, people are going to look, look back and be like, "Huh, You know what? Phase 4 actually wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty good. I'm not going to be surprised if we see a lot of people saying stuff like that. Now look, if you didn't like Phase 4, I totally respect it. Film, uh, film is art. And art is subjective. So if you just generally speaking phase four wasn't for you my hats off to you my friend no issues there but for me i thought it was definitely experimental not everything was great i didn't like miss marvel i didn't like black widow so i'm not trying to say like everything was a 10 out of 10 no absolutely not but there were certainly a lot of highlights no way home shang chi dr strange multiverse of madness um, I know Thor: Love and Thunder is a little bit polarizing and divisive, but for me personally, I really like Thor: Love and Thunder. So there was definitely some highlights for me, and and I think a lot of people will agree, and some people will disagree, and that's perfectly fine. But now we know what's to come. And now, speaking of that, we're going to jump to Phase Five. So actually, before we jump to Phase Five, I, I totally forgot to talk about the two trailers that we saw for the remaining Phase Four projects, being She-Hulk and Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Now, let's address Black Panther Wakanda Forever first. Um, this was by far one of the best trailers I've seen, not just for a Marvel film, but for a film in general within the last four to five years. And, and, and I'm not being reactionary. I have watched this trailer dozens of times now. It's beautiful. It's emotional. Well, And it doesn't you know, reveal the whole plot like a lot of these other kind of last couple of Marvel films had. I, I feel like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness showed way too much. Right there, we kind of knew that they were going to do the Illuminati, but come on, you don't got to show us Professor X's fucking yellow chair. Like we, come on, we like, and I don't need to see Captain Carter's shield and the fucking poster. Like they showed way too much. And even in Thor, Love and Thunder, I felt like they showed a little bit too much as well. Not to the same degree of Multiverse of madness, but I mean, once I watched Thor, Love and Thunder, I was like, okay, I kind of knew this was going to happen, that this plot was going to play out the way it did in the, in the trailer. The only thing that was a little bit of a surprise was the Hercules cameo at the end of the post-credit scene. But I'm not gonna lie; I already kind of heard about that anyway. So that's sort of my own fault, I guess. But this, you know, they showed Namor. They showed sort of the 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 aftermath of how Wakanda is dealing with the loss of this, of with the loss of their king T'Challa. It shows the sort of more intimate. Moments with the family how they're dealing with it because it's going to affect them the most obviously everybody of wakanda is going to Going to mourn the loss of their great leader their noble leader their superhero who helped defeat, you know, Thanos and I almost cried watching this it was very very emotional And I think one of the things that really kind of built that emotion up in me was the song and I'm gonna find actually I'm gonna download it right now because that That uh, the music choice in this trailer was great um, visually, this film looks beautiful, and obviously, Ryan Coogler is returning to direct this film. Now, this just like I don't know it, it, the quality looks it looks really really good. It, it, it looks great, and I think this has the potential to be the best film of Phase Four. It has the potential. Now, you could say that about any Marvel film, you know, that, that doesn't really hold a lot of weight. But I think just the quality. This looks a lot more toned down. And a little less goofy compared to the last couple films. I don't get me wrong; I'm not one of these people that that were saying like Thor: Love and Thunder didn't work for me because it was too funny, right? You're going into a Taika Waititi film, right? These are things you you, you kind of need to expect. Now, sure, if that's just not your style, then okay, no problem. But if you're if you were sort of like blindsided by the you know the the sort of humor in Thor: Love and Thunder, then I think you're probably not familiar with Taika Waititi's work. Um, sorry if you guys can hear my dog in the background. Um, so let, yeah, I want to figure out the song here. So black Panther Wakanda forever trailer song. Yeah. Like it's like the first thing that comes up on Google. Um, nope, not all right, which is a good song, but, um, let's see here. I'm going to play here for a quick moment. Oh no, no, no. Okay. Well, we're going to forget ads. I fucking hate ads God damn it okay well I can't find it but if you guys have seen the trailer you know what I'm talking about it was this beautiful song and it really kind of amplified the sort of emotion and tension that we were seeing because obviously everyone everyone's wondering like how are they gonna deal with the Chadwick Boseman situation right like that's yeah personally I'm of the camp that I don't think they should have recasted him because I think there's a way you could tell that story in a narrative well, a narrative story, uh, same thing. It's just a different way to word it. But I I think that there's an opportunity not to sort of exploit his death or anything like that. But I think that there's a way that they can actually tell a compelling story while honoring not only the character T'Challa, but also the actor himself, Chadwick Boseman, because he was a fantastic performer. Forget Black Panther, uh, you know, the, the the Black Panther franchise. Uh he did that film right before he passed, uh, Defied Bloods, and then he did that film with uh, Viola Davis, which is fantastic. I, I can't remember the name; I think it's called Ma Raimi's, uh Rock uh, Rock Bottom or, or something like that. Correct me in the comments below if if that's if I was incorrect on that. But he was a fantastic actor, and furthermore, he obviously impacted culture in in a, in a very significant, positive way. And he's definitely going. He's definitely a trailblazer, and he's going to inspire a lot of people to want to pursue. Just anything. And um, and I, I think this film is going to honor that. Now, if they decided to recast him, like, look, I wouldn't be, you know, starting a riot with pitch, pitchforks and and stuff like that. Like, I, I, it wouldn't bother me that much. But I don't think that it's a bad idea to, to not recast him, right? That's just my opinion on that. So that has sort of been the main curiosity. And then among that, people are now asking the question, who's going to be the newest Black Panther? And I think, I, at least by going off of the trailer, that that definitely looked like a female in that final shot. So I I think it's either, um, it could either be uh, Nakia, Okoye, or uh, Shuri. And I I think it's most likely Shuri, especially if they want to be faithful to the source material. Now, obviously, Marvel is always going to take liberties. I don't expect them to follow, to stay by the numbers with the comics. But it seems like, you know, they might be kind of... Sticking a lot to the source material for material for this film. Now I've heard reports that through this film, Shuri could be the Black Panther, but then moving forward, the mantle could get passed on to somebody else, like maybe Mbaku, or maybe even there's there's some rumors that uh, Chadwick is, or excuse me, T'Challa will uh, will have a son with uh, I I think Nakia is is like his love interest from the first film. Whoever Lupita Nyong'o played, uh, whoever her character was, that. her her character apparently will be pregnant in this film um like i don't know if that's true that might be a spoiler might be not i mean you know it is what it is Uh, and apparently that child will be set up in the future to take up the mantle you know potentially down the line with the third black panther film or something who knows We're, we're just i'm talking out of my ass at this point but i absolutely love this trailer i've been watching it over and over and then check out the imax version of that trailer it looks so crisp it already did but it looked so good, especially the underwater shots with Namor and even like even some of the stuff with obviously Wakanda, it looked beautiful. So overall this trailer 10 out of 10. I don't I don't care. 10 out of 10, it was perfect. Now shifting gears to She-Hulk. I'm not as excited as others about this. Now I think this looks better than Miss Marvel, but this is sort of another situation with um with Morbius. Now pump the brakes. I'm not saying this Morbius is going to be better than this, or I'm not saying this looks like Morbius. I mean the philosophy, because with Morbius, there were so many rumors that we're going to get all these different cameos from different Spider-Man related villains. And that was really the driving force to my excitement for the film, because I really didn't care about the character of Morbius, because I don't really know anything about Morbius. And the same kind of principle applies with She-Hulk, right? I don't really care about She-Hulk. I'll be honest, I just don't. Um, I think she looks, I think the character uh, looks charming. She looks funny. She looks, uh, she looks like she's got a lot of energy and she looks very welcoming. And so, you know, but overall, I'm not really excited and I don't really care about her character. Just, just to be quite frank with you. Now, my thoughts could change after I actually watched the show, which I'm sure they likely will, but right now I'm mostly excited to see Daredevil, who we know is officially in the show. There's been reports and rumors, but we see him with this sort of yellow and red suit And we know that Charlie Cox is going to be returning, of course, as the character of Daredevil. And we know he's getting his own series, which we will talk about. So we know he's going to be in there. There's rumors that Vincent D'Onofrio was Kingpin is going to be in there and and, and Jessica Jones. And there's all kinds of cameos. So that's really what is driving my excitement to actually see this show. Not so much seeing She-Hulk and obviously, you know, seeing Bruce Banner as well. I'm always excited to see his character return. And honestly, I'm a fan of Professor Hulk. Yeah, sure. It's gonna. It, it'll be nice every now and then to see him kind of go, you know, ballistic and just go full on Hulk mode, nuke mode, whatever you want to call it. But I'm actually kind of a fan of Professor Hulk, so I'm excited to see that return. So those are sort of the the things that are driving my excitement. Did this trailer kind of, you know, move the needle for me in terms of my 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 anticipation? Not really. Um, so I'm kind of just like lukewarm on on She-Hulk so far. Uh, But that covers phase four. Now, let's now officially jump into all the coverage for phase five. Okay, so I have a list here of every single thing that was announced at phase five because it was a lot. Um, and, And one thing that I'm kind of surprised about, but it also makes sense is that phase four or phase five rather is relatively short. It's only two years. It's only 2023 and 2024. And then, sorry. Yes. It's only 2020. Yeah. It's only 2023 and 2024. And then, uh, the beginning of 2024 or sort of like the middle of 2024 is when phase six begins and then phase six ends in 2025, or I think either late 2025 or at the beginning of 2026. So, but it makes sense because they're, these years are condensed because we have a lot more projects, right? So instead of kind of only having like three Marvel movies a year and spanning that across four years, not only do we have the three Marvel films, but we also have like two or three shows coming out at the same time simultaneously, like kind of not overlapping each other. But like, you know, for example, when I think uh, when like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness came out, I think like literally the day before that was the Moon Knight finale, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. So that's sort of like how they're going with the structure. So it makes sense. And you know what? I'm kind of happy because I want an Avengers film now. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking greedy and I want to see it right away. So the fact that we're getting pretty close now, you know, we could talk about how they could be rushing or whatever. I'm gonna talk about that later, but let's go through the list here of all things announced in phase five, which I, like I said, I'm shocked they talked about phase five and then they took it a step further and said, okay, hold my fucking beer. or Hold your fucking beer, everyone. We're gonna show you phase six, a glimpse. Um, but let's see here. So phase five, phase five. I got my notes here all on unord- Here we go. First page. Okay. So starting off Ant-Man Quantumania that will be coming out February 17th, 2023. That is 5 days before four days before my birthday, excuse me. Uh then we got Secret Invasion which of course is a Disney Plus show that's coming out in spring 2023. Apparently they're doing resho- uh, reshoots right now as as we speak for that show. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out May 5th, 2023. Echo, the Disney Plus uh, the newest Disney Plus series will be coming out summer of 2023. Then we have Loki season two, which I am super fucking excited for. Probably the mo- my most uh, anticipated Disney Plus show. Um, of course, everybody knows how much. If you've been on this channel, you know that I think Loki is is one of the best things. Forget out of the Marvel show, it's one of the best things in Phase Four. I just love the sort of world that they built with the TVA uh, and everything else. And I think they added a lot more depth to Loki's character. And I think the Mobius character with Owen Wilson was a was a was a pleasant surprise as well. He's actually a, a favorite of mine now uh, in that sort of little world. Uh, so moving on. So we got Loki season two, that's coming out this summer, next summer. Then we got the Marvel's coming out July 28th of next summer. And then here we got, uh, and this is all in order, obviously. So blade, we've, we haven't heard a thing about this film. We've heard little casting updates, like, uh, the guy from the five bloods. I can't remember the actor's name. He's a great actor. He will be in that film as well. Uh, So that comes out at the end of 2023, November 3rd. Then we have Ironheart, a Disney Plus show that will be coming out. Or actually, no, these are these in order? No, I guess they are. Ah, fuck it, whatever. Uh, Ironheart, a Disney Plus series that will be coming out in fall 2023. Now it's official, uh, the Ironheart character, I forget her name, she will be introduced and she will actually have a pretty significant role in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So that's pretty interesting because so far, any character we've seen that has a new character that we've seen that has that has been introduced to the MCU, has been introduced via their own show or their own, like for the Disney Plus shows. Okay, sorry, let me rephrase. In all the Disney Plus shows, the new characters we've seen, they got their own Disney Plus shows first before we saw them in another film. That's why with Miss Marvel, we, we got her show first, it established her character. Then the next time we're going to see her is going to be in the Captain Marvel sequel, the Marvel. So instead, they're doing the reverse, which I kind of like, and they're introducing the Ironheart character in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, giving us a sort of glimpse into her character, not fully developing her. And then we're going to get that full development of her character, probably another suit or something. We're going to get that in her show. Next is Agatha Coven of Chaos, Coven Coven of Chaos. That's coming out. It says winter of 2023 slash 2024. So that uh, does not seem like they have that date entirely figured out yet. Now this is big. Daredevil born again. Will be 18 episodes long of course it will be a, an exclusive disney plus show and that is slated to come out spring of 2024 okay so i actually have the dates wrong okay sorry okay sorry let me let me rewind a bit so phase five starts next year and it goes till the end of 2024 so like i said it's basically two years And then at the very end of 2024, that's when we're going to get, I believe. Like, I'm getting myself confused here. There's just so many fucking movies coming out. It's hard to keep track at this point. So the end of 2024. Sorry, I'm trying to fucking figure this shit out. Okay, whatever. whatever, I'm just going to keep going here. So yeah, 18 episodes long for the new Daredevil show. Now, there's been a lot of conversation that these Marvel shows are being... they're they're too condensed. There's there's not enough episodes to sort of fully build up this arc. It almost just feels like a sort of a Marvel movie that's kind of just kind of chopped up in sections, right? And honestly, among other criticisms that I heard that most of them I don't agree with, this is one that I do agree with because all of the shows, in my opinion, once again, my opinion, with the exception of Loki, because I love the finale, I think a lot of these shows have fell flat within the last two episodes. And, and I'd kind of even throw WandaVision in that. I think the finale was kind of forgettable. It was, it just, it felt very kind of cookie cutter. Um, I love the first, in my opinion, WandaVision, the first six episodes of my the first seven are the best. I think eight, nine is kind of just sort of was losing itself a little bit. Um, it, it was just getting a little bit too ahead of itself, uh, but I still liked it. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not my least favorite Marvel show. It's one of my favorites, actually. Um, but I, for the most part, generally speaking, I think these finales for these Marvel shows have been a little bit disappointing, uh, especially with Moon Knight. I think that's the one that stands out to me the most because I was really, really enjoying that show. I think the first four episodes, I think the fourth episode of that show where we get that sort of full kind of explanation as to the trauma that's happened with Mark Spector and Stephen Grant's life when he has this sort of breakdown and we we figure out everything that they've sort of been hinting at. And they kind of fully flesh out the dissociative identity disorder. That was my favorite episode. Probably my... That and then Loki uh, episode 6. The finale. Those are my two favorite episodes that Marvel has done with their Disney Plus shows. But other than that, I think the finales have definitely been a little bit rushed. A little bit kind of pieced together. A little bit chaotic. So having a full 18 episode arc is going to give them so much time to fully flesh out and explain this new daredevil or is it a new daredevil or is it sort of like a rebooted version or is it sort of like or are they just going to fully just kind of continue his arc from the from the netflix show now by the, i i do need i do want to finish the netflix daredevil show before this one comes out just in case there is any sort of references or there is any sort of continuation of the narrative um and i i do like the show it's just when it comes to television shows like it's it's so hard for me to find the time to fully sit down and commit to these um, movies, it's fine. I, I, usually watch, I try to watch like one movie a day. Uh, and you know, that's like two to three hours and then that's it. Right. You know, it, one can make the argument like, okay, if you're going to dedicate that much time, you can easily dedicate two to three hours to watching a show. Like that's true. But I, I think for me, I'm more of a movie guy, just generally speaking anyways. Uh, but yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I love TV. I've seen Breaking Bad. I've seen tons of other shows, but I do at some point want to try and finish the Netflix Daredevil series. But moving on, we got Captain America, New World Order. This isn't really a surprise. We heard that Anthony Mackie had resigned and we heard that um, the writers from Falcon and Winter Soldier were going were to be returning to write uh, the new Captain America film. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, I, I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think a little bit more than others. Um, the finale wasn't great, but it was nice to see Sam Wilson in a pretty comic book, accurate, traditional uh, you know, being faithful to the source material, that was a pretty accurate looking suit. I, I thought they were going to have some sort of sorry, I have no idea what happened. I was just recording and nothing happened with my camera, but the software I use, Audacity, just decided to cut the audio and it just stopped recording me. So, like I was saying, getting back to the topic here, I really, really like Sam Wilson's suit, and I'm excited to see where they sort of continue his arc in his next film. Uh, and then the last film of phase five will be Thunderbolts. Uh, this one we knew was coming. Apparently the director, I think his name is Jake or Jack Schreier or Sheer or something. I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but we know that film is going to be coming in July 26th of 2024. So yeah, I don't think I said, so the new Captain America film comes out in May 3rd of 2024. So very very exciting uh general thoughts pretty much all these projects I, I i think i'm definitely looking forward to the only one that i i i'm not you know jumping at you know chomping at the bit to see is probably agatha that one and then is there anyone else that and then thunderbolts i the concept sounds interesting i'm gonna need to see a little bit more gonna hear gonna need to hear you know what characters are going to be involved uh so that one i'm I'm, I'm I'm more excited for that than Agatha. Don't get me wrong, because I think, like I said, the concept, the principle. This is sort of Marvel's take on, uh, you know, Suicide Squad. Let's just call it that, for lack of a better term. And I, I but I do want to see a little bit more before I'm, I'm really kind of like, you know, looking for rumors and trying to keep up with leaks and stuff like that. Like I am for some of these other films uh, and shows. So let me know what you guys think. Are you excited for Phase Five? What what's pro- what's the what's the one project? For you in this phase that you are the most excited for. If I had to pick one. Okay, here. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go with two. Okay, I'm going to go two. I would probably say Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania and Blade are probably my two most anticipated films of this new phase. And then I think in third place would probably be... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I I actually, I'm, I'm also very, very excited. It's almost like a tie between Blade and, and Guardians in terms of like what film I'm more excited for. But Blade, I, I cannot wait, just in terms of the talent involved already. Like I said, there's that same actor from, uh, I can't remember his name from uh, Defy Bloods and a couple other films as well that I've seen. And, uh, and of course, Mahershala Ali, if you have not seen The Green Book, go watch that movie. And I've been trying to watch Moonlight because I know he's in that film as well. I just can't seem to find it on on my uh, streaming platform. So, and I've seen a couple other films that he's done as well. He was in House of Cards. Uh, and I think he's an amazing actor. So I'm really, really excited to see him play this character. So let me know what you guys think. What's your favorite project in Phase 5 or upcoming in Phase 5? So then Marvel, they weren't done. And in fact, they had two huge announcements that I don't think anybody really expected to see. So now, so, so so we're done getting announcements for phase five, and I think probably the majority of people in the crowd were like, okay, you know what, like, they spoiled us already, they're not going to show us anymore, I hope, but they're probably not. And then, we got the announcement for Fantastic Four, but I mean, the only thing surprising about that is that that is, that's pretty far off, we're not going to get that till the end of 2024, And it's going to be one of the earlier films in Phase 6. So, I mean, that was kind of a surprise. But they didn't get in, into any details in terms of, like, you know, who the cast is, who the director is. But they dropped the hammer, ladies and gentlemen, when they announced not one, but two Avengers films. Which is great. But two Avengers films in the same fucking year. One of them, of course, was the one that we've all been talking about for the past, I don't know, three years now, Avengers Secret Wars, which will be, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest comic book film of all time. I i, I can't even begin to sort of fathom how this film, first of all, when's this film even going to go into production? Are they going to shoot back to back again with the Kang Dynasty? So that is wild. So I'm so fucking excited for that film. But then, then they said, we're going, but first is going to be Avengers, the Kang dynasty. And this makes so much sense. We kind of, we, we, you know, we, we've been getting the, the breadcrumbs that is Kang going to be the next Thanos. And I think it's looking like that's, I think that's, I think that's what it's going to be. I think Kang is going to be the main villain. Now, I think he might be sharing that role with possibly Dr. Doom, who is rumored to be in a post-credit scene for Wakanda Forever, but we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. But I think he's definitely going to be the big villain that the, that the Avengers are going to have to kind of return to the fold and kind of come together again to defeat this antagonist who wants to take over time. And um, I, I cannot wait. So they announced those two films are going to coming. Up, uh, they're going to be coming out in the same year at the end of Phase Six, and the first one, Avengers: The Kang Dynasty, will release May second, twenty twenty five, and then Avengers: Secret Wars will come out in November seventh, twenty twenty five. So it's nice. It's 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 refreshing. You know, we we we've. Kind of talked about it, but nobody entirely knew for sure unless you were like tapped in and you had like a, a, the crazy sources in Hollywood. Nobody really knew that Secret Wars was going to be the film that, we, that we're that we actually going to get, that we're actually going to build towards in the MCU. But then we got another film that nobody really knew about that's going to sort of, I don't know if it's going to be like the the preface to Secret Wars. Um I I think Marvel is definitely going to surprise us. I think they're expecting us to think that they're just going to sort of copy that Infinity War endgame formula. I think that's what they want us to think so they can kind of throw a curveball at us. Now, sure, I think whatever they do in the Kang Dynasty will sort of, uh, you know, hint or lead to Secret Wars. I'm sure they're going to kind of play into each other since they are releasing so close. But I don't think it's going to be exactly like Infinity War in respects of like I don't think like half our heroes are going to get killed again or something like that. I just think that would that would just be recycling a sort of plot structure that at that point we would have seen and, and, and known and loved before, but we don't really need to see that again. I'm sure it will lead to secret wars, but I think they're going to have I think they're going to take a different approach. Now the Kang Dynasty, right? I think that secret wars will so here, let me kind of break down I I I did some research. Here's like a summary of what Secret Wars kind of is. So uh, let me see here. Yeah, I could explain it, but I do a, I do a fucking dog shit job of, of sort of giving synopsis of what uh, you know, a film or, or 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 plot is. So what is Secret Wars? So the basic premise is involves a collision of the Marvel 616 universe with the Ultimate Marvel 1610 universe or 1610 universe however you want to call it which destroys both. So that is an incursion, right? And we've already heard about incursions in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. It's when two universes collide and basically because they're colliding they implode on each other and then essentially just wipe out the existence of both as if they never existed in the first place. So that's that's it's basically an incursion happening. Incursions are all over the place, right? Um so yeah, so Pieces of the two universes are mysteriously saved and combined with other post-collision universes creating the battle world. So basically, you know, what that is, is it's it's all these incursions happening, and it's like a ripple effect. Sort of remnants of all these universes that are kind of destroying on each other come together to form one final universe. And all these remaining characters, all these remaining superheroes from these other different universes... All have to fight against each other and battle it out, duke it out for the one final universe, the one final timeline, if you will. And that is what Secret Wars is. Now, sure, I'm sure there's going to be some differences and stuff like that. They're probably not going to call it Battle World. Um, I think what's probably going to happen is it's going to be like a ripple effect. All these incursions are going to trickle down and all these universes are going to destroy on each other until eventually we come back. To only one universe left, being our six one six, and I think we're gonna. That's when we're gonna see all these crazy fucking cameos with, you know, we everybody thought Tom Cruise is gonna be Iron Man and Doctor Strange. I think that's when we could see something like that happen. Maybe even Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Maybe even the other Spider Mans returning, and all all. I can't even begin to 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 speculate on the million of different possible cameos that we could get in that film. So that's going to be like the end game of this multiverse saga and to be quite frank i think this is going to be triple the scale of endgame i think after we're done with this saga i think we're going to look back and think wow we thought endgame was like huge and you know it, it is a huge event um but i think that secret wars is just going to just totally just like it, it's 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 going to be it's going to be fucking crazy i it's the best way i can put it but then the Kang dynasty Okay, what I think is going to happen in that film is what was directly teased and explained all the way back in Loki episode 6. When Kang kind of explained everything that's happened in his past and how he's sort of like, he, he he's sort of like the, uh, I don't want to call it the leader of all the Kang variants, but he's sort of like the one, he's like the sort of end-all, be-all, superior king variant left. And he basically explains that there was this big multiversal war that happened with me and all my different variants. And that if you decide to kill me, you are going to basically spark another multiversal war between me. And you're basically going to open the floodgates for all my variants to run rampant across the universe and across the cosmos. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see. I think you know, I'm obviously speculating. I don't know if this is going to be true or not. But I think we're going to see this multiversal war ha- go down between the Avengers and all these different versions of Kang. Maybe Kang kind of brings help from other, like, diff- maybe different Kang variants bring help from their respective universe that they've conquered. Maybe they bring their own sort of disciples to help help that different Kang variant fight all these Avengers. and Or maybe the Kangs are going to fight up against each other. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm... I'm just going off on a tangent here, and and I'm starting to confuse myself, but it's going to be absolutely wild, and I just, I can't fucking wait. I'm just, yeah. Now, there is one rumor going around. Now, there's no weight to this rumor. I haven't heard Deadline or Hollywood Reporter, you know, go, go on about this, is that the first Avengers film, the next one we're going to get, the Kang Dynasty, the one that I just talked about, that will apparently be a young Avengers film, and I'm going to be honest with you. I really hope that is not the case. I, I, I really don't want to see that. Now, you know, I, I don't want to sound pessimistic because we know nothing. We haven't seen a single trailer. We All we know is the damn title of the fucking film and the director, which we will talk about in a second. So this could work. This could not. But personally, for me, because at that point, it's going to be 2025. We wouldn't have had an Avengers film for like six years, right? I don't think people are going to be rushing to the theater to see some 16-year-old suit up and, and, and fight Kang. I, j- I just don't think people... That's not what people are going to want to see, right? Sorry. So, yeah. um, I, I really hope it's not that. But let's get into the director of the next Avengers film, The Kang Dynasty. Because now we know who it is. So, it's as official as you can get. It's coming from Hollywood Reporter. And if it comes from Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Deadline, The Wrap... It's as good as confirmed, essentially. So, Hollywood Reporter—I don't know how they get these sources—but they have now reported. I've said "reported" like six fucking times. Destin Daniel Cretton, of course, the director of Shang Chi, which is widely considered one of the best Marvel films in years. Uh, it's certainly one of my favorite films in Phase Four. I don't think it's my. It's, I don't think it's the best film in Phase Four. Just my opinion, but I certainly loved it and i'll be honest with you i i'm on board for this i think this is actually i didn't expect this because i know that of course he's going to be directing uh the shang chi sequel of course and then he's going to be directing the 10 ring series which is going to focus on shang chi's sister who's now of course you know she, she's found herself as the leader of the 10 ring so this guy's got his work cut out for him now there's a couple you know theories i have as to why this is happening so Let's talk about the Russo brothers for a sec because this kind of directly relates to them. A lot of people, myself included, have wanted them to return to direct Secret Wars. And I still think that we could be getting that. But I've seen a lot of interviews with the Russo brothers kind of reflecting on their time working on Infinity War and Endgame. And they talked about the sort of load and the mental fatigue and, and how kind of challenging and exhausting that process was of shooting those films back to back. So I think what they what what we could be seeing here is a very very talented director and still a great choice and Daniel Dustin Cretton directing the first Avengers film in this sort of two Avengers line two Avenger film uh, lineup. So he's going to direct that first film and I think that the Russos will be ready to direct Secret War. So that way they probably said their Marvel like hey look We love Secret Wars because they do. They've they've gushed over how that's one of their favorite comics before. They've talked about it many, many times in interviews. Hell, even when they were doing press for Endgame way back in 2019. God, that feels like it was yesterday, but it's been years since then. Even when they were doing press for Endgame, they talked about how they would love to do Secret Wars. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. They want to do it. Their their relationship with Marvel has yet to be... uh, A failure every film that they've done has been a success they've generated millions of billions of dollars for marvel of course they're not the only one that's you know that they can attribute that that success to but they're obviously very pivotal key parts of that success of marvel so i i think it just makes sense and to be honest like you can take risks getting a sort of sort of unknown filmmaker to kind of take on one of these big Marvel projects. But with something like Secret Wars, the weight of this will be like the end game. I'm going to refer to it as that. This is going to be the end game of the multiversal saga. I think playing it safe might be the better option here instead of kind of taking a risk and getting, unless you get a filmmaker like, you know, Steven Spielberg or something like that. But I think taking a risk and kind of getting a sort of, uh, you know, a, a lesser known filmmaker to kind of take on the Avenger films. I think it's, I think going with the safer option of going with the Russo brothers to kind of take, take that last film out because we know how much they actually want to do it. I think that kind of makes sense. And I think now, like I said, this is just pure speculation. I don't know if this is true or not. I think that Kevin Feige said, okay, you know what? We want you guys to return. We want you guys to, we would love for you to, to direct both films, but I understand. I understand, you know, shooting back to back because honestly, you're likely going to have to shoot these films back-to-back. If they're only you know, three months separated from each other, you're going to have to go into production for one of them probably by the end of next year if you want to make the schedule on time and have the VFX done in time. Uh, so yeah, you're probably going to have to shoot these back-to-back. So I think that Kevin Feige probably found a way to negotiate with the Russo brothers. And say, okay, you know what? We'll find another director for that first Avengers film, but then you guys come back for Secret Wars. So that way you, you're not going to be destroying your, your 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 physical well-being and your mental well-being trying to get both of these done uh we know they can do it but of course mental health is obviously the most important thing physical health is obviously the most important thing so i'm sure they probably don't want to shoot these back to back again so I, I i think this is a great sort of plan that they have in place um yeah so that's that's pretty much going to wrap it up the last thing i'll say is that i'm already i i i knew i knew this is going to happen as soon as they announced these films coming out in the same year, it's definitely jarring. But I, I immediately heard people saying these films are are, are are coming too quickly. It's like the the hypocrisy in the fan base is just—it doesn't make sense. It's hilarious. Fans don't know what they want, right? Fans have been begging Marvel, give us some sort of direction. We don't know what's going on. We 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 want answers now. The MCU has no direction, and now that they've announced the Avenger films, now fans are saying, oh, this is too soon, we need more time. It's just like, I I, I don't get it. It it doesn't, not all fans are saying that, but I'm hearing a lot of fans say that. It's like, I don't understand this. It just, I don't know. It kind of leaves me just kind of scratching my head, but... Besides that, and then like I said, Fantastic Four, that will also be in Phase Six. I think it's going to be the second film in Phase Six. There was a previous scheduled title that was obviously an empty slot. And like I said, I'm sure they're going to announce some of those empty slot uh, films in Phase Six for D23. Otherwise, I don't know what else they're going to announce because they've announced all of Phase Five. So that comes out November 8th, 2024, for the Fantastic Four. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, but let me know what you guys think. Are you excited? Was your mind blown when you heard about the Avengers? Both of these Avengers films being announced. uh, They're going to come out in the same fucking year, which is crazy. And I I am nothing but excited. I have all the faith in Kevin Feige. They have yet to give us a reason to doubt them. And I think the future is bright for Marvel fans. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up episode 36 of Unbashable. If you stuck around for this long, I want to thank you for being here. Remember, you can find the show on all audio platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe. Keep up this journey with me as I continue to try and build this podcast and grow this podcast. And everybody, I want to wish you good health, happiness, and everything in between. Have a good night.